How do you win on social? How do you beat the algorithms and break through? How do you know what channels to be on? And how do you become the industry leader using social? In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions. From channels to high-level strategy, we cover it. Handing you the playbook of how to win on social. So welcome everyone to, I'm going to say like, I said it was the first official live last week. Um, however, I'm going to make this like a proper official live given that last week was a little bit of a blunder. Um, but really good to finally be doing these now every week um, to kind of set the stage for today's session and what we're going to be covering for today. Um, it's basically the cost of video and why there's this kind of myth that B2B video has to cost so much and it has to be so expensive. Um, so for today's session, that's what we're going to be going over um, and tackling the myth um, that video doesn't have to cost a fortune. So Sergey, let's let's start this conversation off. Um, yes, and why... did we mention how? And did we mention just a, just a quick one? How awesome the software is! Oh, it's, I mean, it's you it's don't need just... any of that stuff. Do, do, you know, do you know what's insane? Like this, the, like the, the fact that this is made by the same company <laughs> that, that we did with the one last week is like completely insane because last week was just like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so, so last week we were trying to launch the same event. We spent a ton of time. Yeah. It didn't work. And we had to re-engineer something completely. And uh, now yeah. we just one click. Here we are. Here we are. Cool. Okay. So so yeah. So cost cost in cost in video and like why why does this crazy cost exist? And like wh what is this why does this myth exist? Let's start that. <laughs> Look, I think the biggest thing is because the videos are done in, 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 uh, they're not done very often. Mm -hmm. uh, they are perceived, uh, and especially in B2B, there's a perception that it's an ad. Yes. If you make a video as an ad, uh, then by definition, it's going to be expensive and you're going to hire a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. uh, then you're going to make it look really cool. Then you maybe are going to add animation to it. And if you look at that workflow, it is going to cost more easily more than five thousand dollars and we're probably looking around fifty Easy. twenty thousand dollars yeah yeah because i know yeah. because the company i worked at which was a b2b company here in canada uh 500 people mm -hmm. uh, they and the first thing our cmo has done when he came in he actually bought that ad and that ad was mm -hmm. is a typical classic ad that you guys see on tv and they spent more than ten thousand dollars um and it took a ton of time to make and it was yeah. very nice. It was just like this touchy-feely thing. But that is not what we are talking about when we talk about the video content strategy. This is more of a, we made an ad and it looks great, but it costs a ton of money. So the yeah. first things is, if you approach it from that perspective, mm. of course, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 think, I think that, for, for me, I think for me, the biggest thing here is, is also like that that part of repeatability and it being so one-off and that when you do video in a very like one-off way and you don't have it on a you don't do it on a consistent basis you never build any repeatability around it so like, yeah exactly it's always this like mammoth you know task that takes 
you know, a month, two months, sometimes if it's like a giant brand video and it's got to go through several layers of stakeholders, you know, it takes like several months to actually see the light of day. Um, but I think the key thing for me is like, there's no, I mean, the core point is, you know, doing it on a, you know, you've got to get out of the mindset of just doing it on a one-off kind of siloed basis. But then also, um, you know, to that point, it's also then, um, you know, it doesn't allow you to build any repeatability around yeah. around that process. Yeah, totally. Because it's it's mm -hmm. done like in one separate project. Uh, it has nothing to do with your uh, video content strategy at all. Yeah. Um, and and that's just not how you want to be building uh, your videos. Videos have to have the correct pricing point. Um, and and uh, unless if you don't have a correct pricing point, you you can't hit repeatability, repeatability mm -hmm. and the volume and the cost drivers. Where are those money going into? Because they are filmed with expensive cameras and gear. That's mm -hmm. the first things first. Expensive camera, we set up the lights, we set up the microphones, we set up a room. That all costs a lot of money. Okay. Usually filmed by filmmakers, documentary people. Uh, and that, that's not the type of content that you want to be producing mm -hmm. con consistently. It's the same thing as a narrated podcast. Narrated podcasts sound great in theory, if we look at the stats of how many companies have started, oh my god, Jesus, it's it's, it's a high number. Still doing it. <laughs> how many are still I, doing it? I remember, right? I remember, there's a good example here. I remember a ClickUp, they launched one, and these guys, you know, Unicorn, um, you know, giant company, and they announced they were doing this podcast. And by the way, the first episode, the first three episodes, they were great, but like you could tell, like, I think they got three or four episodes in, and then all of a sudden they just cut. And it's because like the the cost of that and the resource that goes into that is insane. Um, you know, it's exactly. it's just it's not something that you can do on a repeatable basis. And I think the funny thing about all of this is that these types of videos that are incredibly one-off, like these are the types of videos you should be doing once you've figured out how to do like the you know the right. repeatable type videos. Yeah, it's like companies start with the crazy big one-off videos, the big brand videos, these videos, and it's like figure out like the consistent stuff first build like a you know i say an audience base of you know build build repeatability you know in terms of an audience that you've got in terms of a process of creating that video um before trying to conquer giant brand videos um yeah i mean you could you could if, if you if you want to make a one ad video that's fine but the, those mm. should not be confused by um the no. video uh, the, in general, th this mm. doesn't apply to all other videos. So, it's, so I talked about the yeah. cost. Cost uh, of filmmake, uh, filmmakers usually do it. Documentary people do it. They have expensive cameras. They have expensive gear. They have expensive yeah. lighting. Um, B-roll. A lot of times they mm. would buy either they would buy expensive B-roll in stock stock footage. They would buy 4K B-roll. Uh, a minute of of some of this stuff costs a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, they would film the B-roll in the office. So we would, they would make native B-roll. Mm. It costs a lot of money because, mm. again, they're using expensive cameras. They're using gimbals. They're using all of that stuff. It looks really cool. It's absolutely, again, we are in, in the narrative-style podcast territory. You're going to make one off. It's going to cost $20,000, $15,000 on that balance sheet. Mm. Uh, the, the, the revenue people will say, oh, my God. And that that would be it. The video will be will be gone. Um, yeah. They use expensive voiceover actors often. Yeah, uh, that's something they would do. They use color correction a lot. Yeah. Let's call, correct, correct the color, collect the color. Mm. Like they, they do a lot of that. This yeah. editing. 
absolutely mm. unnecessary. Uh, it, it looks great if you are if you are presenting it at a film mm. festival. <laughs> Nobody's doing it. And I, I'm actually I, I, we've made we made hundreds of videos. Uh, mm. I've made a ton of videos on YouTube and TikTok. I could mm. absolutely guarantee you, color correction mean doesn't matter at all. Mm. What matters is you or yeah. somebody in your company consistently showing up on video that mm. are somewhat engaging and have a pretty decent storytelling. That's what matters, not the color correction. Um, and uh, and the other bit, what I would say is it's an it's edited mm-hmm. as a movie, it as a as a film. You don't yeah. want you don't need that. You don't need that kind of editing. Sometimes right. they would use expensive animations. And when you combine mm-hmm. all of that, the cost balloons. Mm-hmm. But if you want to build trust through video, mm-hmm. you need repeatable content. 20 is better mm-hmm. than one. 20 lower produced pieces of content are way better than that one ad. And mm. one ad is important. Sometimes you absolutely want to showcase the launch. Sometimes you want to showcase your mission. Yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a definite place for it, right? Like yeah. when it comes to those, yeah. yeah. But they're not they're, they're not the same. Those are not the same types of things. For content, I think I, th- I think the point I'd make as well, like just as an add-on to this, like for content folks that are listening, that like they do understand the value of video. I think most I think most people do understand the value of video, you know, by now. Um, I think you've almost got, got to think about it from like a business case perspective. It's like, you know, if you go and make that one 15 K video and you know, crazy yeah, expensive, exactly. it takes two or three months to create and then it goes live, you know, it gets maybe all right engagement, but again, it's going to be analyzed as a, we spent the 15 K on this video, like what actually happened, you know, versus if you take the kind of opposite, you know, opposite route and to Sergey's point, you know, go the volume route and spend those two or three months where you were creating that one giant brand video and instead create, you know, 20, 30, 40, depending on the context and number, but, you know, a much higher volume of videos, um, you know, for the same cost or for this round about the same cost, like the case that you'll be able to build for the value of video in your business will be a hundred times stronger because you've got, you know, these 20, 30 videos to showcase where you were getting engagement from people, you know, uh, uh, you know, prospects were coming in saying we saw that video, we saw this video. It just it gives you a much stronger case to go and like actually sell the value of video and continue to build it into the rest of your content. So, just as a, an additional point, there, I think it's important. Oh, I've made a lot of podcasts. I produce yeah. a lot of podcasts. Inevitably, inevitably, we get to a point when we produce five, six, yeah. 10, 15, a CMO, CEO, somebody in a C level has this conversation what did we get out of it yeah okay so 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 we are spending we're dumping all of this money into a podcast and there's a very clear cut usually it happens Mm. around it depends on the company but usually starting from five to seven to 15 episodes then there's like wait a second what did we do first before you start a podcast there's a celebration it's christmas (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Everybody loves it's like it. company wide Christmas. It's like oh my god, exactly. we're going to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> There's self congratulatory statements just flowing around the office. It's brilliant. It's 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 a party, uh, and it's true though. We are not even exaggerating one little bit. No, but then something changes. Something changes. The first episode goes great. Second, third, self endorsement. CEO is liking it. They everybody on the team is resharing it, and then it's like doomsday, and it happens. Well. On the podcast end, it happens because there was no clear strategy how it's going to be used. Uh, This is a content-driven approach or this is a relationship-building approach, how this podcast is fit into the funnel. So there's all of these issues that 
we could we could talk about that. But yeah. it's the same thing with video. It's the same thing with mm-hmm. video, where uh, you make one, you make two, you make three, you make demo videos, you make case study videos. They cost a lot of money. The same conversation happens, and yeah. then and then forget it. Um, and so the question is, how do we avoid that? And the way that we avoid that is we want to make sure that whatever videos we produce have a sensible price point, mm-hmm. but most importantly, they fit your existing content funnel and they are thought through in terms of distribution and your buyer's journey. Because if your videos are done that bring value uh, along your buyer's journey and distribution is there from the very first day, you will start seeing results. When you see results, it's a lot easier conversation to have with your CMO, with your revenue officer, with your CEO to say, hey, we spent this money. By the way, this wasn't, let's say it was 15,000, but we made 30 videos. Yeah. But this is what we got. This is what our sales team was able to get with the sales enablement pieces because they sent those videos out. Yes, they were not as, they were not Hollywood. They were not Tarantino level, but they did the job. And the job of the video is not to be, this is, we should talk about that separately. Eye candy videos versus videos that build trust and just work. There's a big difference between the two. Uh, In B2B, a lot of people edit for the look, for the The feel. The feel, yeah, the sexiness. (laughs) The sexiness. And and this is the most bizarre thing. And this is what you learn if you start producing videos uh, like we've done for YouTube, for yourself, or videos for TikTok. That stuff it means nothing. It actually doesn't matter at all for the end viewer. End viewer doesn't care about the look. They don't care about how many frames it has and how smooth animation. And it does not matter at all one bit. What matters for the end user is, um, did I get the value? Is it interesting for me to watch? Maybe should I be watching uh, and something else? Because there's all of these things are competing for their time. Um, And so there's a completely different priority set uh, for that, that, that type of, uh, those types of videos. And mm. so if the criteria are set correctly for B2B videos, if they're done well, if they're done by marketers slash people who understand how to create videos, you have a much better chance. Mm. And I think we spoke about it for, for quite a bit uh, before, mm. not as, yeah. as, as much uh, as in this yeah. episode. Yeah, I, again, I think I think that kind of drawing back the, the point you made about the podcast and like lack of strategic direction. Again, like you said, very same. It's the same thing for video. It's, it's like there's just no idea of like really why we're actually creating this. And I think when you have a very clear strategic idea of like why are we creating these sets of videos or this video, and then apply that with actual decent volume, you know, enough yeah. volume, not like you know less than five videos or like you know terribly like one video which is what where most companies are at like you, you know you need to find exactly. out a way to, to scale that volume um but when you have that very close strategic and you pair it with a volume like magic happens we see it all the time like the companies who you know who get this right like they figured out how to do that with video um but you need both right you know if you just go and do tons of volume nothing's gonna happen and it's just you just you're gonna again you'll have that conversation maybe a little bit further down the line or after a lot more videos um yeah but you need both and you need the kind of to both come together there's there's a point when uh you, let's say you're in an old airplane uh that has very uh, not very powerful engines mm-hmm. and you're uh you're on on the unlimited runway you need yeah. to be pushing this in for a while for a while yeah. until there's a rotate point until yes. this thing starts to take off. And for yeah. every piece of content, there's this different point when the thing you're working on lifts off. 
for yeah. video, you got to make at least you, you got to have at least 15 videos. You got to have oh, at least 15 either. videos to, 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 to see something. It's the same thing if you're building a community on LinkedIn or your mm-hmm. B2B brand. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, if you spend 24 hours a day for 30 days. It's just not going to happen. You need a longer period of time to see this mm-hmm. work, to see this through. And the same mm-hmm. thing happens with a podcast too. Usually you don't get a lot of lessons. Now you will get a lot of lessons if you go to the podcast agency. They dump a lot of money into advertising because they need it. And then they screenshot it and show this is number four on the Programmatic list. advertising, not, not the latest yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But, but, but for video, you do need that. You do need, you need to have a certain amount. Because otherwise, yeah. if you just make one, you make five, that is probably not going to work well enough. And which videos should you be making? Well, first, mm-hmm. the easiest thing for you to think about is look at everything you have created, the pieces of content Existing you created. content, yeah. Existing yeah. content, what works, what resonated, what you got most inquiries about, what are your sales yeah. teams sending constantly to the people they talk about? Mm-hmm. These are the easiest ideas in the world to say, okay, maybe we should make a video about that. Does it make sense? And yeah. we could have a conversation around it. Mm-hmm. What campaigns are you working on? Uh, is there a certain support that you need? It, it's it, the videos are they cannot again they cannot exist in isolation. They need to be supported oh. by your existing written content. They need to be yeah. supported by the sales campaigns you're running. They need to be yeah. supported by product launches that you're doing. It it has to be looked at all of that. Uh, and if yeah. we look at that as as a, as a buyer's journey and it's supported by other bits, then the video works. If the mm-hmm. video is done purely separately from case yeah. studies from everything and it's just the top top of the funnel it becomes an eye candy advertising yeah. and that's this is where it works. this is what scares me a little bit you know about um and i think about this i've been thinking about this a lot recently with like video and particularly the wave of like short form video on social now you know from b2b companies and it's yeah. like a, with the wave of you know every b2b company in their grandma starting the b2b podcast um the main video output for a lot of companies now is like short form social clips. Like this is the main type of like, you know, output for video. And it worries me because a lot of that content is very random. It's very <laughs> random. It's very all over the place. It's, it's typically not very connected to like, you know, the other content that they're creating, like, you know, the, the blog mm-hmm. that did really yeah. well or like, the you know, some of the other core content assets. Um, and it's, it's quite a disconnected thing and it tends to be very like high level, you know, guest interview type conversations that really don't connect very well to the, to the, to the, you know, to the buyer's journey. And yeah, I, I think a lot will, will go wrong in the short term with this because they'll just like almost play like the, almost like, you know, uh, almost yeah. wrong, wrong volume game where it's just like, we're going to just create a ton of these clips and we're going to, yeah. It's on the opposite spectrum. So you have yeah. the narrated uh, podcast that costs <laughs> like $10,000 a piece. Yeah. And then on the opposite spectrum, you have the super cheap, high volume, but irrelevant yeah. or very low relevance white videos. Noise. It's white noise. That's how I think about it. Yeah. But yeah. then the point at which yeah. we say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. But what did we do for the last yeah. eight months? It just further away into the future. So there's yeah. going to be a point when companies say, "Oh, we shouldn't do that because yeah. that actually didn't yeah. work." No, I think yeah. I think there's a time and place uh, yeah. for making those videos, but yeah. thinking that they would actually move a significant needle, I think it's absolutely a mistake because they really don't. Uh, there's there's a there's a point to be made of like what kind of well, first of all, what kind of interviews you're doing, uh, what yeah. does your business model look like? Is it mm-hmm. relationship based? It is content based. Who is the host? Are they like yeah. 
Craig Ferguson of uh, podcast or not. That's really important. What kind of guests they have, because yeah. we've done so many yeah. interviews. You could be the best host in the world if, if your guest is yeah. boring. There's absolutely nothing it can be done. Mm -hmm. And then your short clips are competing for engagement uh, yeah. with, with so much other content. Um, so so you, you want to be creating a lot of native content, mm. which we spoke about before on the podcast yeah. and which we will speak about a lot more mm -hmm. in the future. Native content is the way to bring engagement. It's the way yeah. to bring value versus uh, repurposing. You should repurpose if it's really valuable, not it because your calendar says so. We have to post these three clips this week. This is the biggest point. It's the biggest point. Absolute biggest point. People get, I, I see so many, and again, on that end of the spectrum, like so many, like an unbelievable amount of companies getting trapped in this like clip cycle where it's just like, we're going to just, yeah, we, we, we've got this podcast now. It's the mega content machine. We can just, we can just, we can just, you know, go at it with the podcast every week. We've got, you know, 17 million clips to distribute across LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, it, like to your point, there needs to be there needs to be a balance, and there's a place for repurposing. But like, the more you can go native, and the more you can link it, going back to our earlier point, your existing written content, and make those two coexist, the stronger this is all going to be. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you're yeah. making videos, if you're making videos, uh, you mm. obviously probably want to make them educational. You can make them yeah. entertaining, but that's another thing. It takes, uh, it's not not super easy to figure out, but it can be done. But if you are making, let's say, them educational, first yeah. and foremost, reuse existing content that you have. Look at that. It has a tons of tons of insights, Google Analytics, all good yeah. stuff to look at that. Uh, record on the phone or inexpensive camera. You would be absolutely blown away what could be done with your iPhone with a ring light and a high quality microphone. It is if we if people who understand how to record this stuff give you a little a phone with a little tripod and the ring light or or another light that doesn't cost a lot of money, but importantly with high quality microphone that it costs under a hundred dollars. It's phenomenal what kind of videos they the, the those could be. Um, so so this is this is the first thing. Mm. Yes, you want to add some visual clues, a few animation, nothing real excessive. It doesn't cost arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. You want to make it as a series. Absolutely. You need the volume. 20 is better than one. Um, and get somebody in your company who is mm -hmm. able to deliver things on video. And even if they are not able to deliver on video, um, you could get some external help. Um, and there is a debate of, but it, I think mm -hmm. you have a point. I'll, I'll get no. to that point. Okay, so I mean, my my this is kind of a, I'll let you finish actually because I have my next transition point was going to be on r remote production versus in person production, just those right like how to think about that. But wait, did you have a point? But it's it's the brand, like it's like well, yeah. how do you retain the brand? You're making all these mm -hmm. videos. How do you retain the brand? You retain the brand by being relevant. Mm -hmm. You you can make the colors a little bit. You could slap the logo. Sure, you could have somebody uh, with a, with a, with a title that says. Uh, Jenny from XYZ company, you can do that. But by and large, you retain the brand not by the way that you edit the video, you retain the brand by providing relevant content that makes sense to that specific person who is in a cycle of buying your product. That's how you how, that's how you become relevant. If you if you do that, then people will come back. Um, it, it also depends on, the, on how big the, your company is. It's so funny how like, I, and this is just like maybe maybe a design mindset that's like tripped into into the, into the way companies make videos, but like this this mindset that every video has to be like follow this like perfectly crafted design playbook of like the perfect colors, the perfect assets in the video, like the lower third has to be in the exact same. Yeah. We have to have the branded intro, and it's like 
we think that that equals like consistency and that people actually give a shit about that they don't it's like no. you know it's relevancy of message it's you know um a, like, well, like what we always say a, you know the consistency of a strong presenter yeah. you know around the same topics that's what builds that relevancy of course there's some little notes there you don't want to be throwing in 17 different colors in every single video that you do but yeah on the whole it's like we've just overdone this whole you know these videos have to be and that, and that kills a lot of videos um absolutely you you yeah. you'd have a color palette that is roughly similar but but look like the to be fair yeah. uh the biggest recall if you're making if you're making presenter first uh, native videos um, yeah. like some companies do like hotspot and a few others do mm -hmm. uh, then uh, what is going to matter is relevancy and probably your presenter uh, your presenter yeah. actually doesn't even have to work for your company necessarily i would actually mm -hmm. argue they don't have to be uh, because like for example i've made i think 100 tiktok videos about the war in ukraine until people started recognizing me and then i could see it in the comments oh this guy again Right, because there's a lot of people on on TikTok. So then yeah. there's a there's a there's a face recall from my videos. Yeah. And the way that I recorded videos, I literally just talked into the phone with like almost mm -hmm. zero editing because I didn't have the time. I spent more time on uh, YouTube production. So mm -hmm. the recall rarely happens with your brand colors. Mm -hmm. It's usually what do you talk about unless yeah. you're making animated uh, voiceover style videos and you're making them in volume. But then yeah. again, every single company going to run into this fifty thousand uh, dollar invoice that nobody wants to look at, and and the project is <laughs> going to get killed. So it's, it's it's a cool idea in theory, but hardly executable one. Mm. On a on a kind of on on a transition point um, on the kind of remote production versus in person production piece, and we have slightly touched on it throughout you know parts of, of the conversation already, but I think it's really important to tackle because there's still a giant like almost mindset, uh, you know, a mindset that holds companies back and content teams back that like good video has to be done in person and it has to be, you know, like, we, you know, we, we have to, maybe we have to have a, you know, a production crew that does it, you know, if we want to make a nice product ad or an entertainment, you know, video, like a, a funny video, it has to be done like a, it has to be incredibly well done in person. Let's try and break this. Because I think right. I have the belief, and you might differ a little bit, that 95% of the videos you create as a company don't have to be done in person. Like, I, I, I'm really of the belief now that, honestly, like, there should be no reason now why you should have to do videos in person, um, apart from the occasional, like, one-off videos. Mm. It, it really depends on the video. I think for a lot of them, you don't. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of them you don't. I think it makes sense to do, for example, if you're uh, if you're there to interview the CEO, if you're there to interview somebody on your team, uh, there's yeah. a huge uh, difference in uh, if you have a really good host uh, interviewer. Yeah. Uh, there's a transfer of energy that happens yeah. in person that yeah. make those people really talk in the way that they would not talk in if any it was other just way. Over a, yeah, yeah. But but. But how many, to be honest, how many interviews are you doing with a CEO? One every year, every two years. Yeah, it's very, very, very far, few and far between. Uh, but yes, a lot of the video could be easily done mm. uh, like we are doing right now. Um, and um, you, we've seen case mm. studies, uh, you've done case studies uh, with people who, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a case study video with, uh, with, uh, with a talking head off a client, uh, edited with animations and everything, and it looks fantastic. It looks really mm. great. Yes, it doesn't have this expensive B-roll. Uh, look, B-roll could be found. B-roll could be found for inexpensive cost. 
Um, mm. I have said earlier that there's a, a lot of expensive B-roll. Absolutely. But there's a lot of yeah. inexpensive B-roll at the same time. It just depends on if mm. you want to spend $15,000, I could absolutely fill that fill, fill that invoice with stuff to make it 15. If it's 500, we could probably make something for 500. So, so yeah. it's it, it just, uh, it, it, it's all relative. Uh, mm. But you don't necessarily have to be in the office unless you're unless you're showing the office, you're showing the culture. Maybe there's that that kind of video. Uh, but a lot of times you can get away with so much, even if mm. somebody who's half decent with the camera uh, in the office films mm. uh, stuff in the office, uh, and then you, they send you the footage, and you could work with it. Um, a lot of it is also uh, just not having a good storytelling idea what you're trying to show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, agreed. I think it's on the whole, like you should figure out how to to do. I'd I'd say ninety to ninety five percent of your output, those repeatable videos that you're doing on a consistent basis, all remote, and and put you want to be doing place, that, so you do it. Yeah. Um, the yeah. minute you bring it in yeah. person, I think what people don't realize it's not just the cost; it's also then, and I think you've mentioned this point before. It's it's the you know you're bringing in then seven several other layers of people. You know, you've got to wait for someone to film it. And then, you know, there's probably a crew that's required to do that, adding in another several layers. And it's just like finding the right location. You, you know, you get my point. So it's like, yeah. ideally, you make it as easy as you can to do video, right? So like whether that's having like a home setup, we've talked a lot about, you know, having creators that are just ready to go all the time to do video because it just makes it a ton easier. But just that's having... Awesome. Yeah. An asset, <laughs> an asset, an actor. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but like, uh, Jason Ward, but like Jason <laughs> Yeah, um, but have you know having someone that's literally ready to go, like who can basically get on video within literally you know twenty seconds. Absolutely. Um, I think you've got to be able to figure out a way to literally get your video set up going and be able to be on video within a minute. That's like I think what like where you should be trying to to get to, in my opinion, with video. The minute you do it in person, you just introduce a ton of, you know, time layers that just that just brings back the the you know that process massively. Yeah, I think I think when you're doing it in person, you're introducing an enormous amount of reasons why you should kill that project and never come back to it. Why you should never do video again? Because wait it's like seven years running, to do another one. <laughs> people running around with cameras, and then inevitably there's going yeah. to be people in the company saying, "What are we doing? How, how much does it cost? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Let's get yeah. into the room. We need to talk about this. Have you yeah. have you thought through about X Y Z? There's going to be tons of people. You yeah. cannot give those reasons because no. Like anything in marketing, and video is marketing, mm. uh, things take time. Yes. And everybody has an opinion about how marketing should be done. Yeah. They haven't done any marketing. They haven't done any videos, but they know exactly how it should be done. So yeah. the fewer stakeholders, and that's the rule pretty much for anything marketing related and not only yeah. marketing related, fewer stakeholders you have, higher chance of success that you have. And by success, it means getting to a volume when mm. your old wooden plane is rolling down the runway and is able to briefly just go up in the air. Because that's what you're looking for. If it doesn't get to that point, then the project's going to get shot down. And mm. we all know how many times it happens in marketing because awesome. uh, we, are, we are both from marketing background and we're doing video. Uh, yeah. You need to have people who understand both. If, you, if there are people who purely understand video, 
going to cost a lot. It's not going to be fit into your marketing. It's not going to have distribution. It's not going to have the right way to engage your audience, specifically your buyer persona. I'm talking about not just in general. Yeah. Uh, if you have marketers, uh, they would understand everything except understanding how to do video. Uh, so, mm. so there's this this gap that we spoke about and we will continue yeah. because this gap exists. Um, and, mm. and what do you do about that? So, so it's it's uh, not an easy thing to fix because you need to satisfy uh, so many folks uh, mm. everywhere. Uh, but at least uh, if you get the videos to a reasonable pricing point and making them as a serious and use everything that you already found with your content, with your people inside the company, you can talk to them because they know most common questions, most common pain points, talk to them, ask them, uh, ask questions, look at the answers and look at the comments, look at the emails of your customers you're getting, uh, lots of clues there. Yeah, what kind of videos should, what should we be making? And then uh, how do we push them around? Um, and then once we have that campaign, uh, we execute it and uh, we'll look at the cost. And yeah. um, if, if that's done reasonably well, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, chances mm. of success are exponentially higher. Yeah, use yeah, just a final point. Use use your customers and use your audience for video ideas and video insights, not a video production agency to give you ideas. Exactly, that's exactly bigger uh, big takeaway. Should, <laughs> should you quote, quote that up? Yeah, exactly. Should be <laughs> but it's quoted. insane how many production agencies literally drive the ideas for companies. It's like that's just insane. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, well, I think this has been a really really good first short and snappy session um, on this topic um again as as we've mentioned in the past guys on the on the last session that we did the first kind of unofficial live um every week we'll be running these sessions on a thursday at 5 p.m gmt we're open to changing the time if it kind of you know yeah. if we can make it a more optimal time for people um so open to all suggestions there um and each week we'll be releasing the topic for that week um uh, in an email before probably a day before um, and also then on the day. But we'll be open to changing the discussion as we go um, based on live interaction and live audience feedback. So yeah, but Sergey. Exactly. That was, good that was awesome. Fast and furious. Uh, and the cool <laughs> part about it, the cool part about it is, guys, the link never changes. Uh, we, yeah. we joked about it yesterday that uh, if you use this link and you put it in, a, you know, like you have like a Bitcoin key and you put it like in a metal, uh, you could virtually do the same thing with this one because the link never changes we worked really hard to make sure that you've got the same link and the link always stays the same so anytime you want to click and see what sways up to you and if it's it's in the time when we're doing the live stream you're going to get yeah. on awesome well that was amazing that was awesome that was great that was awesome okay exactly you guys and the little, oh. yeah oh. that's all good it's all good well, i'll see you guys